Conglomeration, Louisville, Kentucky's own multi-genre science fiction and fantasy convention. Our convention is fan-run and fan-focused, so come join over 500 other members and celebrate the best in sci-fi art, literature, new media, costuming, gaming, and more. Conglomeration is coming to the Crown Plaza Hotel in Louisville from April 22nd through 24th, 2011. For more information, visit us at www.conglomeration.info. The following program may be explicit. Start recording on my mark. Three, two, one. Check, check, check. One, two, check. One, two. Check, check. Mic is on. Cue the announcer. If you would like to ask a question or leave a comment to the show, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at happyjacksrpg. All one word. Cue the music. Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. Thank you for joining us, Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, Season 4, Episode 8. My name is Stu. I'm Stork. This is Tappy. Matthew Mercer. And, uh, oh, we have a new guest. Yay, special guest. Yay! Yay. Uh, This is my friend Matthew Mercer. He's an awesome... uh, producer and writer and voice actor and super cool role player that I've actually mentioned a bunch of our games actually on here uh, really in the past like uh, oh well the um, the exalted character oh. with the giant sword <laughs> that was taken away from you in the first yeah, game the, and the, then the world's he, worst exalted premiere game, game oh that's where you, like your whole character was built around, the whole character was built around this this super diclave and I was just like oh it was so awesome everything was built on him, this whole combo setup like just Amazing character, and within five uh, five minutes into the game, it's taken away and doesn't show up again. Don't Thanks. don't take away what's cool Ever. about the character. Yeah, yeah. Well, exalted, you know. That's well, not, that's not the point. It's yeah. about it's, it's actually true with anything. If you if you have a character built on, let's say you have a bard, right, and he's built around playing loot songs, you don't take these loot away. You're like, there's yeah, everything not, at least about not the in the first loot. session. The yeah, first, yeah. <laughs> the last ten seconds. Yeah. <laughs> was my character great? And uh, I've mentioned some of your projects on here before, too, such as uh, There Will Be Brawl. Ah, yes. And uh, uh, Fear News. Did I mention Fear News here? I don't think you have. Ah, Fear News was a fun project we did for uh, FearNet last year, which was, uh, well, much like Brawl, consumed and nearly destroyed me for a period of about <laughs> two months. Um, but uh, we're actually shopping around for a, a new home for that as well, because FearNet apparently is a sinking ship. But you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to sum up what it's about? Because we've all forgotten. Okay. Uh, uh, Fear News is uh, it's a weekly news show about the horror film industry, uh, various news tidbits, but it's all performed by what's the, the proverbial last girl, the woman who survives at the end of the movie. And she can only talk <laughs> in the news. Awesome. And every different every episode's in a different genre. So like one's like a Kubrick kind of crazy style psychological thriller. One's a black and white Hitchcockian episode. Okay. One's a cl- classic 70s slasher. It's the same girl through each one, but having to give the news that week within that storyline. Okay. And do you voice the girl? Uh, no, no, no. It's live action. Uh, I play the girl. Um, which, by the way, uh, the midriff episode was our biggest number of hits. So, uh, I'm just saying. These abs pay for themselves, baby. 
it, you know, it's a it's a price to pay to not drink beer every day. Yeah. Oh shit! I should probably stop drinking this beer. <laughs> <laughs> nah. All right. Um, Happy Jacks uh, Game Day Two will be at Orcon twenty uh, two thousand eleven. Uh, runs September eighteenth to the twenty first. We we have games. We have games scheduled right now. Friday night, Saturday, and the, I think there's even some games scheduled on Sunday. You know, um, I tried to click on the link to get to the hotel from the site, and uh, it, uh, it it was not not working. I don't know what's up. It's it was broken when I went. I just called the hotel and I said I'm going to be at the convention yeah. at this dates, and they gave me the rates. Okay, so that's what I'm going to have mm-hmm. to do too. Because yeah. I just I guess for everyone out there, because I tried it last week and I tried it the week before, the link don't work. So hey, don't wait for it to fi- get fixed. Call the hotel. Hey, Mike, the link to the hotels is broken. Yeah, there you go. There it is. <laughs> that reminds me, I need to uh, register my fourth edition game. Yes. Yeah. I've, my two games are registered. They're already up. I so. think Frey registered our um, yeah. tribe fake game. He's registered the game that you're co-GMing with, it, with, and he's also re, uh, registered the game that he's co-GMing with Kimmy. The Hello Kitty Super Happy Fun Time. Is that with Kimmy? Yeah. Nice. It's, um, what are they playing? Wild Talents, I think. Hmm. Did I tell you guys <coughs> about Sanrio Pearl Land? Yes. Did I mention on on the podcast? I think you I, did. Yes, okay. you did, because C.A. Dave was the had all of the weird things about wanting to know if they had nipples. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes. Already. Nipples are important. I, I agree with this. Yeah. <laughs> More the merrier. And uh, how. So uh, you can register for the con at strategicon.net, and uh, people who haven't registered their games, like Bruce and Casey, need to do that. Um and I think registration for the game starts very late, like January 28th or 21st or something. So you can't mm-hmm. register and like go in and sign up for games yet. Yeah. Um, so they're waiting until that date before you can actually do it. Because they know most gamers are slackers and won't and I, do it till the very <laughs> last day. People will fill up the games. Yeah. And then That's something true. will come up because it's months ago, months later, and they won't end up going. So yeah, or they'll forget. And I think they're only going to on this weekend or next weekend, man. Right. I totally forgot. The uh, Friday night game is being run by Jib. It's going to be a Savage Worlds game. Awesome. And that I have a feeling that game might end up being a, a meetup of sorts. But those of us who don't who can't get into the game will probably have a meetup at the bar. I I. Love gaming at the bar, personally. They don't let you game at. They usually let you game at the bars, but you can talk about games at the bars. Oh, that's just about it. Now, now you you ha- you have someone who's rolling something out at yes, Archon 2011. actually, um, a, a very good friend of mine and my cousin who worked on a number of my web series projects, uh, Steve, uh, have been I've been helping them play test for the past seven or eight months or so a strategy, a fantasy strategy game that they designed called Pantheon, mm-hmm. and they're unveiling it at a, at Orcon, and it's 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 fucking amazing. It's one of those. I'm, I'm not really into crazy. Like tabletop strategy games, ones that like go on for hours and hours. Like I, I played Fantasy Warhammer, and like at the three hour mark, I'm like, I'm I'm done, I'm going home. Right. You but got like, to your like fourth argument phase, and you're like, man, fuck this shit. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you, you finally get two regiments to contact, and yeah. you're already like fist fighting. Yeah. <laughs> but, like I can remember all those all those war games where you have stacks and stacks of tanks, and it takes you thirty minutes just to move one regiment. Wait, I'm not done yet. Yeah. Exactly, but the, but but this one it's it plays out like Risk, where you have like a, a battlefield and with customizable maps with different territories you try and take over, but you design your own god that your army worships. It can be a technological god, a mystic based god. There's all these wonderful elements of how to customize it, and then god powers and artifacts you can equip onto your deity that affect how the the field of battle is. But there's also like the meta realm where your god exists, so you could either focus on taking over land on the planet. Or directly attacking a god in its other realm and do realm travel. Oh, that's uh, fucking or, rad! Or summon your god to the f- battlefield if you're a more f- like 
personal God or more, you know, physical God as opposed to an omnipresent one. So sure. it's just, it's fucking awesome. I've, we, I've played 12 hour games before. Mind you, not all games take that long. But in the <laughs> early phase, you know, they're still fine tuning it. I'd play for 12 plus hours straight to like four in the morning, have to be at a session in three hours, but I'm still like, <laughs> hold on. This is really cool. <laughs> and it's, it's just, a, it's an amazing game. And seriously, if, if, the, if the, that, you know, gets you interested, get, gets your, uh, gets you a little, little damp in the knickers, I suggest <laughs> you come and check it out. So it's now, called Pantheon. It sounds like a really good, um, melding of strategy and some role playing. Oh yeah, and what's cool is there's a campaign mode they're working out too, where like you can play it just for like the game portion of it, the rules, or you can play, you can build a campaign, have one person who's kind of like the GM who builds maps and sets up kind of NPC encounters, and you get experience to use to improve your god for the next time you play. Oh, cool! And Very it's cool. it's got options for both. Now, um, what do you what are they doing for miniatures? Did they design their own miniatures? Are they using stock ones that? Right now, uh, right, they're 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 in the process of having them actually designed. Uh, we've been testing with like pin, uh, little pins on a pushboard, mm-hmm. and uh, setting them on their side for like you know whether or not they're the followers or the actual like, legions that are battling, and then the various uh, like the avatars you can summon or the actual god on the battlefield. We're using you know Warhammer miniatures and stuff, but they're going to have more specific and uh, and original pieces at the actual work on Very itself. Nice. So, but so, it, so they're they're going to be demoing the game. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. And what, is, what's it called again? Pantheon. Is there a website or anything that they could actually go and see sneak peeks of? Uh, not yet, but as soon as there is one, I'll send it your guys' way. Because, right. uh, like oh, I just love this game. They're going to demo in open gaming, I assume? I think. I haven't got all the specific details. That's usually where the demos happen. Then, usually then, in the yeah. front tables at, 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 uh, at open gaming. So look for it. And Pantheon? Yes. Pantheon. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, the, the project I'm working on right now for Warner Brothers Animation is the upcoming Cartoon Network uh, Thundercats reboot. Uh, where I'll be voicing Tigra. Well, as long as you show awesome. your abs while you're doing Tigra, it'll. Be <laughs> oh no, it's it's in the contract. I don't yeah. really have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it, it takes 20 minutes to stop crying before each session, and then who plays, it, who plays <laughs> Snarf? Is it Snarf? Who is it? Who is the, who is the Battle Cat? Who, no, 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 no. You, you think it's Snarf? It's like, yeah. What's wrong, Lionel? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the mega <laughs> thing. It's the mega thing. The mega one. Why? I'm fucking no. What was it? Dropping the pens on the thing when I'm talking. No, uh, uh, God, there's wonderful Thundercats outtakes. Oh, you guys have heard the Thundercats outtakes, right? No. Yeah. Oh my oh, God, it's majestic. Oh, they're brilliant. And well, I, I I can say that the guys who are doing the new cartoon not only are huge fans of the old series, but as writers have have, have some homages to the outtakes in the series. So, um, oh, I can't wait. Bless them, bless them all. Anyway, okay, who wants to do the next one? From John, let me read it. Oh, uh, sure. It's longer than I'm usually allowed to read, but okay. Dear Stooshbag Douchebags and those beautiful gaming girls, none of whom are here, and Tappy Lol. <laughs> Woot. Hey, man, these apps have to pay for themselves. <laughs> no, you get paid to get them, actually. But <sighs> uh, I just wanted to say, for the record, your podcast is probably the leading factor why I'm getting back into the role-playing full, full force. Uh, I've been listening to all of the back episodes on my iPhone, iTunes, uh, for the past few weeks, either during my drive to or from the office, while I do yard work or while lying in bed. I don't want to know that. Uh, your humor is right up my alley, and I even catch myself laughing out loud in the car. Um, so, between furiously listening to Happy Jacks and reading GM blogs, uh, it's really ignited the burning desire to run my first game. Uh, I played a ton of AD&D when I was a teen, then abruptly dropped off the hobby when I started hanging out with the cool kids. Boo. Well, you actually probably found girls, too. You left the cool kids no. to go hang out with 
opposed your See, nowadays, it's, it's not mutually exclusive. No, yeah. no. no. Um, since the birth of my son and being trapped at home in a nice way, uh, I've been uh, sure I've been gradually getting back into the hobby. Uh, it started with the Age of Worms campaign 3.5 edition uh, before the DM shut it down a few weeks shy of the conclusion. One what? and a half what years a and then poof. That sucks. That yeah. sucks balls. That's... Like, really? Can we just we got like two more sessions? Bet she got a girlfriend. Uh, or or his yeah. wife threatened to leave him. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, you know, what's really kind of funny is that gamer funk aside, gamers like really can spot other gamers like relatively easily. Gamedar. Even Gamedar. yeah, it's like yeah. Gamedar. See, I was waiting for a pause. Yeah. Like um at my wedding last week, um my friend Craig was there and Craig used to run <laughs> um uh, hero click, click um, tournaments at Game Empire, mm-hmm. but Craig also is one of the old Death Rock DJs uh, in Hollywood, and he used to have like a bunch of clubs. Like his last one was called Ghoul School, because um, he's an old enough goth to be called himself, you know, a Death Rocker. So he does not look like a gamer at all, right? And uh, he comes up to me and he's like, you know, the gamer condition here is way higher than I thought it would be. <laughs> 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 and I said, well, yeah, I'm a dork. And right then, like my friend Mitch, who is the game master that I role-played with when I was 15, <laughs> turns around and goes, yeah, we started role-playing in 93. <laughs> 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 I was like, what you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> Surrounded. All right. Uh, I've also recently started playing a traveler game. Awesome. Woot. Uh, hosted yeah. at my place, much to my wife's chagrin, i.e., quote, Babe, is this the weekend or next weekend when the nerds are coming over? End quote. <laughs> End parenthetical. M dash. <laughs> Sorry. But this isn't really quenching my thirst for high fantasy. So I've I so after listening to you douches, and I mean that in the most endearing way. Yeah, we took it that way too, repeatedly. I've decided it's either now or never. What's you can oh. Um you're your excited banter on world building, props, role playing, and just generally merrymaking has given me just the nudge I need. Since I've decided I'm into a faster game style with more role playing, grand tale telling, I bypassed 4E, the 4E craze and purchased Savage Worlds Core Book and the Sundered Skies and Hellfrost setting books. Yeah, if you're going to do it, go all out. Well, yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the Sundered Skies, it, it, the whole setting is in one book. I have yeah. it. Hellfrost. You need like three books to have the whole setting, mm-hmm. and they're like thirty dollars books. I, I so you're paying ninety bucks for a setting for Savage Worlds. Hmm. I, I bought one book thinking it was the book, and it was the player's guide, and it ha- I think yeah, and it, it all it had was all the stuff for character gen. Yeah, that's the ten dollars book, book, right? No, it's thirty. One bucks. book for character gen. Yeah, well, it so was it's like all... a riff saw shoot. Like <laughs> no, no, well, no. It, it, have you ever played Savage Worlds? No, I haven't actually. Savage Worlds. I mean, the, the rule book's like that thick. It's like uh, what, oh, and 100... they sell it to you for ten bucks. Yeah, it's nine oh. ninety nine, and it's a fun game. That's oh, great. Mm-hmm. Um, but they make and there's tons of different settings for it, and and Sundered Skies is like they've decided to like step up as far as their production value goes, and instead of having like a digest size or whatever you call that size book that's like, perfect like bound. The Traveler like book this, that's right like there. Like that. Yeah. Um, it, they're hardcover, four-color books, and they've got regular binding, and it's, you know... That's they're, what you're paying for. Right, and, and, and they're about 30 bucks a pop, but yeah. you need three books to have the whole Hellfrost setting. Huh. So I got one of them, I read through it, and I'm like, well, where's the setting? This is all character options. Hey, yeah. 
someone want this? I, g- I give it to like Gammon or something. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I just wanted to read through it and l- read the setting stuff. There was no setting stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm actually rebuying all of my Exalted books on <coughs> PDF right now. Oh, really? Um, because number one, they're all updated with Errata, and when they get updated more, I can download them for free. Nice. But also, it's like 12 books I need to have. Right. And I don't want to lug those fuckers around anymore. Like, I got a 12-hour plane ride next week, and I intend to do a lot of world building for one of my games. Oh, sure. And I don't want to have, you know, my carry-on be 40 pounds of fucking game books. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. The TSA says you can only have three pounds of books. <laughs> I want to start up a private company that's just supermodels, right? And it's like, uh, would you like to be patted down by the male or female? And you get your choice. And then, you know, some hot babe pats you down and you, people will be there for 45 minutes. That's a premium pay service, though. Well, yeah. so <laughs> it pays for itself. I'm telling you. There's TSA than TNA. You know, right. Two different variations. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Would you like a pat down or would you like a pat down with a happy ending? Yes. <laughs> it's a five hour wait to get through TNA. You got people just queuing up. They're not even going anywhere. Right. Okay. Can I see your ticket, please? I'm I don't have you. a ticket. Million dollar idea. <laughs> no, I just want to go in and watch the planes. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm fever- feverishly reading both to decide where I want to begin my quest to GM glory. I'll let you know how it goes. But thanks again for the great show, and I can imagine running a podcast can be such a hectic thing at times, but just know that it isn't isn't a task gone unappreciated. Aww. Thank you. From the bottom of my douchey heart, John. P.S. Uh, you're a friggin' tappy, you're a friggin' genius. What? Oh. Why? You're, you? Why, why? thank you, doctor. What's <laughs> 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 not thank you, doctor. Uh, why the fuck aren't you working for some gaming company or designing your own game and reaping the benefits? Those benefits would not be money, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, no. the world is an unjust place, my friend. Well, thank you very much, and if you really believe that, I want you to email Michael Goodwin and tell him that I need to get on the Exalted Project of Ink Monkeys. There you go. Because that would be well, I think he's fucking... right. I think you should write your own game. The hell? Well, I have many things that I'm doing, and now that I'm on ADD medications, way easier to get it done. Oh, really? <laughs> but, no, seriously, over the last 12, 13 years, I have filled probably... 20 or 25 notebooks full of notes for just things and stuff that mm-hmm. I've gone over. And it's, you know, it's it's just, you know, what I enjoy doing. And, you know, hopefully I get better and better at it. And maybe one day I'll write for something. Maybe I'll just, you know, keep enjoying the hobby and, you know, just writing my own little uh, house rules for stuff. But thank you very much. I really appreciate it. If, I, think, I, I, I was going to say, if, if you're interested, um, I we did a celebrity... Uh, D&D charity event at Meltdown a few weeks back. Oh, yeah. And uh, got, got to meet and hang out with Keith Baker, the guy with Eberron series, like that. Really, really cool guy, but like we've been emailing back and forth and stuff like that. So if you got any stuff, oh, I'll, yeah, I'll fuck yeah. send it that way at the very least. He seems very open to the yeah, idea. If you of, can like, fix 4 yeah. in any way, <laughs> I think the world will owe you. We'll, we'll, we'll buy you beer from that hey, one. Hey, hey, hey. I've, I've been enjoying the hell out of 4 for about two years. So. I, and, and actually, you know, um, I'm really digging Essentials. 
right now. Oh, essentials really? fixes a if lot. You, if you just use essentials, because there's there's 3,009 feet yeah. right now. Right. 3,000 yeah. feet. That's just, that's a lot. And that's a lot of combos you can do and stuff where if you can figure out the right combination, you are just far more uh, powerful than I think the um, designers originally intended. Mm-hmm. And you can also make yourself way underpowered because there are a lot of feats that are like fun feats that are like oh this is really neat and like you can get really into your character and then all of a sudden you're like you know level 20 you're doing around 12 points of damage with every hit and you're like wow this is gonna take 14 hours right but essentials i mean essentials i think really did a good job if you kind of stick with those books of making viable you're characters talking about D 4.5 I mean, that's fine. It isn't. I mean, I mean, it, it, it isn't. It, but there's it no is. mechan- There's no mechanical changes in the rules. Yeah, really. but but the difference between fighters is so huge right. because you don't have daily powers, and all of your at will stances are really badass, and you have a bunch of really cool. Now, let me ask you this: Do you think the reason? Because everything's just a little better in, in essentials, correct? Yeah. Kinda? Uh, do you think the reason for that was the complaint that that combats were taking a long time? I I think that has a a, a bit to do with it. I yeah. mean, Casey and I have talked at length on how, you know, that in a lot of situations, a normal player that isn't like made in a certain way just isn't that good. Right. And especially like, let's say you want to play a druid, but you really had this cool idea for a dragonborn druid. You are fucked. Because right. you have strength and charisma as your bonuses, and you need willpower and constitution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or not, um, wisdom, sorry, not willpower. I'm, I've been doing a lot of Exalted <clears throat> recently, so will is willpower. Right. Um, so wisdom and constitution. And so what are you going to do? Well, you're right. just going to suck because you either have a plus three and a plus three, or a plus four and a plus two, and it's like, yeah. my bonuses aren't big enough to hit anything. Yeah. Right, and I yeah. get hit by everything, and yeah, this blows. Essentials really makes it hard for you to make a sucky character. Well, you can. You can, but it's hard. Oh, watch but me. You, you, have to, <laughs> yeah, you, have, you have to do it intentionally. You have to like, set aside an evening when you yeah. get home from work and be like, I'm going to make the worst character you've ever fucking seen. <laughs> Whereas with normal 4E, it's really easy to make a sucky character. And, mm-hmm. and it, will, it, it will be functional for a while, and then you realize later on, oh, this character sucks. Oh, yeah, the worst thing you Oops. can do is page the book. Oh, this looks nice. Oh, yeah. Write that one down. Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> the, the campaign I'm running now, I've there's two people in the in the, the game that have never played D&D before. Uh-huh. And so they're going through the character leveling up process, and they're like, okay, so I'm going to pick that up. Like, no, 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 no. You don't want to... You know, not, okay, no feats passed here, and then... Cho- you know, I'm just gonna do it for you. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of at that point. You have to do that because oh, I can add my con bonus to uh, when I do saving throws against poison. That's good, right? <laughs> for the one session it comes up, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be really cool. And you still miss the roll. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you play with yeah, me because your because your con bonus is only plus two. So yeah, exactly. why do you do that anyway? <laughs> plus two. It's nothing. Um, y- using the the OGL license, mm-hmm. they re reissued like the I guess there was a D and D compendium somewhere around second edition, like a rules cyclopedia. I think is what it was called. I think I own that. Oh, do you? Okay, someone has like done like a, a overhaul of it or or whatever, and they've uh, using the 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 OGL license and they're calling it Dark Dungeons, which is the game from the Jack Chick book. Oh, oh, the wow. Jack Chick 
tracked. Wow. Too tracked. Yeah. yeah okay. When I thought that's awesome, and I and and I I got a review copy of it um, on Drive Through RPG, and I'm looking through it. I'm looking for the rule where you're not allowed to play anymore. Like if your character dies, you have to leave, yeah. and it wasn't in there. And I thought they should totally throw that rule in there as an homage oh to Jack. Oh my god, Chick. that'd be awesome! Like oh, your character's you know, dead, away. you have to leave. No, way now. Um, no, not Blackleaf. When, when I was when I was in high school, actually, um, there was a contingent in my gaming group that saw like that whole thing of like. D&D turns you to the devil and casting magic spells. So, like, this friend of mine wanted to do D&D without magic so that it wouldn't be bad, but we could still, like, roleplay because he was just very (coughs) into, you know, being Christian, etc. So we tried to, like, do it and figure it out and stuff, and it just didn't really work, and he just kind of stopped gaming with us because he didn't want to have magic and get, you know, have the devil... Yeah, my, soul. my uh my, my friend Joellen, um I she'd never played D and D because she well she grew up in Houston, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Back there in Houston, Texas where just these things are considered evil. Right. <laughs> so and so she she's like in middle school and, and she and her sister find the, uh, this person kid gives them a book of like the monsters manual. Right. And like, oh so cool looking through the artwork and looking at the creatures and this kid creeps over the back of the bus uh seat and is like you guys aren't going to play D&D, are you? Like, I don't know. It's cool artwork. What, what do you think? It's like, my, my cousins played that game, and they used to go out to the forest, and they'd, they'd dress up, and one of the quests is they had to put a noose around their neck and tie it to a tree branch, and then they had to jump off the branch and cut the rope before it hung them, or or their character died, and so did they. And they got spooked and stat- and threw the book away. Whoa! <laughs> anyway, um, but but so it, it was many years later that I introduced her to D and D proper to actually play it, and so right. she's like, "Oh, cool!" So you know, I, I don't know if it's my thing. I'm like, "All right, cool, jump in, have some fun." Of course, it was a Ravenloft game. So the, <laughs> so the first session, I managed to to work her character into a situation where she had a noose around her neck and had to jump off of a branch and cut it <laughs> because I'm a dick. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Uh, <laughs> the last. Yeah, when when Magic the Gathering first came out, I was pretty convinced that all of those cards were actually like magic spells. And oh, you're supposed to do that. They are. That's why they get people to pay so much for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's called a pyramid scheme. Yeah. <laughs> Sixty dollars for a fucking card, really? Wow. Sign me. It's up. not even legal anymore. I know that made its price double. <laughs> oh. uh. All right. Who, the last email is from Veramon. Oh, I'll, I'll do Veramon. Awesome. Yeah. Probably, I guess, now I have to do it as Strong Bad. Yes. Hello there, friends. It is I, your faithful yet very annoying coattail-grasping fanboy Veramon, back for another round of my list dribble. Actually, if you've ever read Veramon, this Strong Bad fits in very well. I mean, it's, it's actually quite fitting. I, I think figure we're reading emails, might as well make it consistent, right? <laughs> exactly. I come seeking your thoughts on a matter of debate between myself and Azertalan that has gone on for years. The matter is handling of magical items in a system setting that would allow PCs to buy them. I have been a strong advocate and purchasing a magical item, potions are exempt here, is dumb and seems to cheapen the entire concept of a magical item, as actually meaning something to the character rather than a boost to combat with a nifty little effect. I have always been more in favor of knowing what kinds of magical items and weapons the character would like to eventually get in the game, and then pass them out accordingly to the players, so they feel more special about having earned them, the items through acts of daring and heroism. Hey, wow, the role-playing part of gaming. Exactly. Also stressing the belief that they are rare and wondrous items not to be taken lightly. Azortalin, on the other hand, believes that if you have the coin, you can purchase any magical item you want, and disagrees with my view and vice versa. 
which is pretty shitty to believe me. <laughs> <laughs> In the end, he and I will never agree upon the other's viewpoint due to an insane amount of stubbornness on both our parts and the subject, which isn't bad. I'm just curious to see where others seem to go in regards to this matter. I don't even know what's going on anymore in this email. <laughs> <laughs> and in the off chance that if you agree with me, I can annoyingly gloat to AZ about until this mad... He comes up with some statement about how he doesn't care in the first place, that I am somehow some sort of narcissistic attention whore. I think we know the answer to that already. Uh, for even sending this email out in the first place. More than likely, that will happen within 30 seconds from seeing me after listening to the podcast. <laughs> Not just him, my friend. <laughs> it is a matter of curiosity that I've had for a while and felt it would spark a friendly debate over the subject in the first place. Thanks again for the good times and hope to see most all of you at Orcon. Veramond. P.S. I also want to thank you guys and everyone in the forums due to your obsessive talk about Dresden files. I finally broke down and purchased the books via audiobooks on iTunes, got Azure Talent. Are you dating this Azure Talent? <laughs> Into them as well. And also opened up a new avenue of discussion topics with my parents, who are nerds in their own right and are big fans of the series as well. It is always nice having things to talk about to your parents and have nothing to do with the sorry state of your life is currently in or how awesome your older brother is doing in his life, and also around a picture of my cat, the wasabi, just for the hell of it. <laughs> that got really weird and depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put my paper down. <laughs> All right, so he's kind of asking about the take on on magic items, whether magic items are should be like... See, like in, in, in D&D, 4th edition especially, you have your standard magic items, then you have the wondrous items. Mm-hmm. And the wondrous items are the what... what in that setting, that's what he's describing. Those are the things you go out on a quest to get those things. Mm-hmm. You don't say, I would like to buy the Hand of Vecna, please. How much is it? The Hand of Vecna is 3,452 right. gold points. Oh, but I, I can't that afford that. Here's the Head of Vecna. It's much cheaper. Just open the grand tome of Amazon. And just pick your favorite item. Like, well, and that's kind of the way 4E set up, because there's these charts, and there's a plus two... Well, bastard. For for four e, four e is a very specific bird in which magic items are intended to be part of how your character does stuff. They're part of. They're calculated into game balance. Yes, they are. You you Mm -hmm. need to have them for game balance, and so if you want to make them specifically special, that's really hard to do if you're very chintzy on them because. As you increase in level and you want that plus one flaming sword to be super awesome still, it's not going to happen at 11th level because all of a sudden you're not really hitting as much as you should be. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of keep on taking that hit. Um, So if you're playing 4E... I agree with Azertalon. I'd say that, you know, it's it's a lot like um, um, all the Square Enix games. You know, where, um, like Final Fantasy, etc., where you need to have these weapons, and you buy them, etc. Sometimes you find some of them in in quests, um, but you need to have them for your character, you know? Well, I I think a lot of what the rules they have for magical items is uh, the gold costs, you know, for these specific items based on their, their bonuses and their level, is less about just, you know what the menu at the shop says on the wall, and more the cost for the components to create it mm-hmm. as a PC, as there are there are a lot of really awesome rituals and things for magical, <coughs> magical item creation. Um, 
Whereas, like, in my games that I run, if they want an item specifically that isn't available or something that they, they're like, I want a plus four this and I can afford it with gold, I won't say, go to the magical item shop and buy it. I'd be like, all right, well, you want these components for this item. You need to go ahead and find the one person in the town that is viable to create this magical item. Turn it into a very brief quest, if anything, where they have to just kind of pick up these materials or, like, yeah. the guy has all the materials to make the item except for one. You know, like the, the, the shed skin of the cold eye basilisk, and you have to run off and find one in the woods. Quick little, like, 15-minute excursion. Yeah, we've gone on about, about, you don't want to turn into, you don't want your players to turn into couriers all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah. Right. But, well, that'd be if you send them on a quest to get the basilisk's eye, and then you meet a witch in the woods who'll get you a basilisk's eye, if you get her the tongue of a three-headed sloth. And then you have to go and find the three-headed sloth, and you find a hunter who goes, well, I have a three-headed sloth that I just killed yesterday, but my daughter needs to get married to somebody next week. And and then all of a sudden, right. it's two hours into the game, and you haven't done anything except yeah. try and run these mini-quests. But I agree with you that having a little, like, something to do um, I think makes it a little bit more interesting sure it, if you want to do that and it gives it more value yeah I mean, but, but I don't think you should be chintzy on the magic items in 4E it, at all it says specifically in the Dungeon Master's Guide like you have you should give a party of this many adventurers these many items per session oh, yeah. you know or per level type thing and it's not there as a guideline. That's like you said. That's part of the game yeah. balance. Yep. And as part of the players, that's how they design their character. And you also want to, you don't want to randomize that either. You want to consider before a session, you know, what people have currently, what kind of gameplay style they're going towards, what would be a fun item to give them that they would enjoy as a player and find interesting in combat. Oh, I went through, I went through fits when we, when I started GMing the D and D four E game because that's the first game I'd GM'd in. 30 years? No, not that 30 long. 30 years. Uh, 14 or thir- 15 years, something Ooh, like that. It's been a long time. That's, that's rough for a long time. Right? Oh, yeah. And I'm looking through the... And uh, and it's like, oh, well, they got orbs and they got wands. and, and like Because I noticed that the mages, the, the spell-throwy guys that sitting in the back, weren't doing weren't hitting as often as everyone else. Probably because the characters weren't built, built as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I wanted to give them some boosts on that, so I threw out some orbs and some wands and stuff, and no one could use any of the stuff I threw out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm a sorcerer. I can't use So not only do you wand. have to, you, you should do that stuff beforehand, but you've got to make sure they can use it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's why they have the wish lists. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, yeah. That, I actually got that from Kicked in the Dice Bags. Mm-hmm. And, and actually... I've actually seen that on the 4E website. Oh, really? Yeah. The, what... what um, Obviously, they listen to Kicked in the Dice Bags probably. and not Happy Jake. Jack's RPG podcast. That's right. But they should. They should. <laughs> because we're hilarious. But the um, the thing that uh, what what they the, the guy on Kicked in the Dice Bags ended up doing is just saying, you have a uh, fifth level uh, weapon. Go pick mm. it. Go pick it. You know, w- w- for drops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... I, it, I'm sorry. You, you've been you had your hand up for well, like eight days. I was actually <laughs> saying I was I was actually going to agree with Veramon because back in the day when I was gaming, we would love to come up with you know everybody wants to have Stormbringer, everybody wants to have a, a Vorpal Blade, everybody wants to have what was the name of the sword that Gandalf carried? Snickersnack. I don't know. Gl- uh, glam, 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 glam. Glam. Hammer. Right. Okay. I'm a fucking nerd. People want <laughs> people want that. People want that stuff, and they want that special weapon. And 4E doesn't really allow a mechanic for that. If you give a Fifth level character Stormbringer, uh, uh, doesn't that overbalance everything that's going on? And then you have to create it from scratch, and you have to be careful what you give it. Um, it's <coughs> I kind of miss that that personalized magic item thing you well, used to be able to do. But, but you, you can still but you do have it. that in in fourth edition, yeah. With with these uh, artifacts that you can 
wondrous Fine, items. Yeah. There, there's actually two classes of magic items in fourth edition now. Yeah, I, but the wondrous items are all still sort of named and well, that, that's and, and, and very and very carefully laid out. But the, I don't think they would ever be random drops, right? And, right. And, and to be fair, too, from a GM standpoint, yeah, sure, you can give them a plus four, you know, uh, jagged longsword, and you can say you get a plus four jagged longsword, or you can say right. you found, you know, Marokner, the 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 orc slasher. It acts as a plus four, you know. It's really jacket, a plus four jacket long well, but yeah. It's just a little flavor text, and you give them a little, make it feel more powerful, more important to them when you present them with the item. Possibly have some sort of a, a hint, like a foreshadowing event where an NPC mentions it two sessions before, if you want to plan that far ahead. So when they do right. find it, like, oh shit, I know what this is. They've been talking about this, you know, and you feel <laughs> awesome because you have this intense yeah. magical item, even though it's really just your typical, you know, fourth down on the chart for jagged long swords. <laughs> right, yeah. But, they, but, but it just feels special that way. Absolutely, it does. I mean, and, it's, 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 sorry. Uh, that's my biggest complaint with fourth edition, at least in its interpretation, is a lot of times people rely on the straight rules to play the game. And yeah, it turns into tabletop World of Warcraft if you just play yeah. it straight from the books. Sure. So it, you rely a lot on the GM, a lot on the GM, and then on the players as well to be able to take those rules and then flesh them out and make it that experience. Like I I was against sec, you know, fourth edition when it first came out. I was like, you know, I've been playing 3.0, 3.5 since the day. And I was just like, oh, this is too... It's too much like a video game. But then once you got the right people together, and I realized from a GM standpoint, it just takes a little more extra effort, but then it becomes a lot more fun as well. Sure. It's a little more of that time and planning to give it that little flavor. And the GM tools they give you to prep a session are about the best there are. Oh, out there. yeah. The encounter builder. Oh, yeah. The monster gen- oh, my God. Well, and, and being able to uh, for for it to do all of the math for you, to, to bring a level one Cobalt Skirmisher up to like level 11 if you want to, is really cool. I oh yeah, or to, to level a D level character. Because, yeah, yeah. because that. then I was like, ah, fucking cobalt skirmishers. I've been killing these things for ten levels. Oh shit. <laughs> oh, this one's smart. <laughs> or um, you want it, you want the party to fight a giant, and they're like third level or second level. Yeah. It's like, like you. The, the current campaign I'm running right now is very dragon heavy. Like the whole storyline of the world is, is based around dragons and this kind of disease that's striking them, and they're all part of what holds the cosmos together. So the more that die, the more the world would eventually begin to crumble into chaos. But they're all starting at first level. How do we incorporate that el- sure. avenue? So we oh, take yeah. a young white dragon, de-level him by a few mm. levels, consider him diseased, you know, and decrepit, and he becomes a very easy encounter to run that's balanced for them, but still epic in size for, like, the second session into mm-hmm. a campaign. And all you have to do is a couple of mouse yep. clicks. Click, yeah. click. Yeah. Um, the first, like, big bad we fought in Stu's game was the Lich. Right. But there's no way we could have fought, like, the 15th or 16th oh, no. level Lich. That <laughs> no. was, I think you took him down to, like, level 7 or something. Uh, like I don't ten, know what it maybe was. Maybe 10. Maybe 10. Yeah. And that was, like, when, when he went down, there was, like, a cheer. Oh, yeah. Because, well, and Casey's character died killing him and getting killed by Bone Shard skeletons. The Bone Shard yeah. skeletons were awesome. It was, it was pretty sense. epic. Those are uh, those are that's those, that's a great monster. Yeah, it's like not okay. I will die, but then I will explode Dude. and set off my friend. Um, <laughs> one of the big pitfalls I think with like trying to make magic items like special or you know uh, somehow th- something that you don't want or have or, or et cetera is that sometimes you get into like this kind of thing of where like a friend of mine he was. Uh, DMing a game, and he was kind of a dick. Um, and so one of his players really wanted a flaming sword. And he was like, all about this fucking flaming sword. I want a flaming sword. 
I might have mentioned this way early on. I think that you have. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say it again just for all the people who are tuning in. Probably a year now. ago. Yeah, it was like a year ago. Um, and um, so, like, the first encounter that happens, like, they're like some fucking rats or whatever because they're level one. And he pulls out his flaming sword. And, you know, it lights on fire and, and the rats start scurrying away because, you know, there's a fucking flaming sword in front of him. And he goes, hey, are you uh, immune to fire? <laughs> and the guy's like, no. It's like, oh, roll for damage. What? Well, you have a flaming sword. It's going to burn your hand. Ugh. That you just don't play with that guy anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like that's that's not a game mechanic issue. That's just a person being an asshole. Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't want and, a flaming hilt. <laughs> <laughs> flaming <And> helmet. So... <laughs> they don't have that for a reason. Only the inside. <laughs> actually, that you might be kind of cool there. if it didn't light your head on fire yeah. and actually burn you. Because then, how how scary would that be if you have somebody and they're their head is like on fire and you get like a plus five to intimidate oh, or yeah. whatever. So like you ghost burn you. <laughs> and your face is a skull and all you can say is vengeance. <laughs> See, when, when, when I used to when run, run my GURPS fantasy... And then Nick Cage plays you and everything's sad. <laughs> when I used to run my GURPS fantasy game, I was really stingy with magic items, but I could be because it wasn't part of the game mechanic per mm -hmm. se. But um, I didn't really give out plus one items because the... The, the statistical advantage you got wasn't that great, but I would give up like plus two stuff or plus three stuff, mm -hmm. and and it was um, when someone got one, it was a big deal, and it, it suddenly became they were actually spending role playing time saying, okay, I'm gonna oil my sword, yeah, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna sharpen it now, I'm gonna sleep with it under my mattress. There, there wasn't. There was <laughs> this is my magic sword. There are many like because they had to really earn. They had to really. <laughs> They had to really earn it. I mean, they, they didn't go through a quest to get it, but you know, it, it happened during a, a you know like a significant combat encounter where they're fighting the guy who's got it, and they and he gets the advantage of it. And when they if they can finally take the guy out, oh, I've got the guy's weapon. You know. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things in Exalted is that you know magic. Your magic items are not like swords; they're like diclaves, which are like surfboards with a hilt. I mean, they're, like, <laughs> fucking huge. Like, a Grand oh. Diclave <laughs> is, like, eight feet long and, like, two feet wide. And it's only because of the fact that it's magical and attuned to you that you can even lift it. That's like the one guy from Soul Calibur. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. You, are, um, you are Siegfried. <laughs> Siegfried, that's him. <laughs> and so all of these things are huge deals because they're just the, inherently are better than... A regular sword because you're wielding a goddamn surfboard. Unless it's taken away in the first five But like getting having a diclave is like a two dot magic item and you can go up to five. And five is just huge, but it's You it, wield the planet. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have so a planet big. with a hilt attached. <laughs> but it's like I mean huge in, in a character sense, which is why having that huge thing is is so important to your character but it's important to your character i mean there's there's a lot invested into it but there's also a huge backstory for this diclave i mean why is it so powerful who created it? what were the circumstances in which it was created and typically you're the reincarnation of an older solar and your weapon are oftentimes the weapons of your previous incarnations oh, okay. so what did your previous incarnation do with it and often the solars were taken down by hubris so 
maybe this sword was used in a really fucked up manner at some point. And what are you doing? What is your character's connection to the sword? What is your character's connection to your previous incarnation? What are you going to do differently? And becomes a huge, intense part of your character. And also, you don't really find Diclaves lying around the place. Right. They're they're very, very, very rare. And so if you have one, it's either built into your character or there's actually a mechanic of of um, XP debt for getting it if your GM decides that's something he wants to do. Or you can just actually just find it right. if you want. But uh, these are always like like major, major, major deals with it, even though having one of these artifacts is part of the mechanic, you don't necessarily have to have it. Um, and I really like that, the way that Exalted handles it, because it's not that everybody has one, usually, but it's not like something that you keep upgrading. Right. Once you have it, you know, that's, it, you You have your big deal already. Yeah, it defines your character. Yeah. Uh, and, and you reminded me, too, one, one fun thing I found for making magical items seemingly more important when you do give them to players or you want them to have more impact, on top of just giving them a fancy name, but having maybe a few sessions after they acquire them or like words got out that so-and-so has found and wields, you know, the, but, but, but then like I had a fun experience where I eventually I gave a player a magical item that was named and they're like, Oh, this is really, really cool. And then three sessions later had some unsavory type show up and be like, Hey, you're the guy that found that sword. I want it. Right. You know, and have, have like, you know, with the great power comes great responsibility element of like, now other people know that you have this amazing magical item. They're going to start coming after you for it as well. And and once like, again, once again, it's like, like a plus three sword, like, but right, it's like the Elder Wand in uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, mm-hmm. same thing. Well, Dragon Magazine actually had an article about uh, assigning an intelligence to a magic weapon, um, so it could talk to you, or maybe talk to you psychically, and it, or you're just crazy, or you're just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they talked about, they, but but the, what I found neat about the article was okay, so that's a great way to maybe add interest to your magic item, but it also gave you an out as well. They said. After a while, maybe the intelligence fades. After you complete a quest for it, it's freed. So then it just becomes either an inert weapon or just a plus four jagged longsword. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and it's a neat way to it's kind of add in, intrigue, you know, make a, a weapon interesting. Why, yeah. why are you I pointing? Just, and I just remembered something really funny. Okay, it when you when you enchant magic items in GURPS, if you miss your roll by a certain amount, the weapon gets a quirk. Okay. And one of the quirks they mention is, you know, like, the weapon says embarrassing things. <laughs> and so we thought, back when we were playing, we thought, oh, it'd be awesome. Oh, yeah, put me in this, put me in the, put me in the scabbard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, put me in the scabbard. Oh, yeah, all the way in, all the way in, baby. Oh, yeah, I'm all the way in. Now, now take me out. <laughs> now, take me out. Now, put me back in. <laughs> and, uh, so you have the sword. Oh, yeah, put me back in. Take me out. Put me in. Take me out. <laughs> Don't look at me. Don't look at me. It's okay, like, now look at me. It's like a disease from Valar's erotic role-playing. <laughs> oh, God. <coughs> All right. No, we... Okay. Talk about the sword if of the you guys, No, if you guys are on the YouTubes right now, which you should be because you're on the internet, okay. you should check out Valar's erotic role-playing on the YouTubes. No, you Andy's going to call us right <laughs> I was going to actually ask if you were talking about that or, or just the actual word GURPS, which has always sounded like a venereal disease to me anyway. It kind of does. You know, it's kind of hard to play a game. I'm going to play GURPS. Like, do you do you need an ointment for that? <laughs> well, I was thinking of the actual, uh, they had that, that book, that, that, that non-official Dungeons & Dragons 3.5 erotic roleplay book. That, that's what killed the open gaming license. Yep. Um, I knew the girl who was the um, publicist. Hmm. For that, she was this really awesome punk chick, and I was 
trying to nail her and she would have nothing to do with me it was really kind of sad <laughs> I, remember, I bought the book as a as a joke gift for for uh, for a friend years ago and then we actually started reading through it and we're like Oh God! They're taking this, this seriously. They're taking this really seriously. Like they have tables showing you like they how think this is playable. Yeah, how trolls and gnomes can mate, and like the gestation period for their offspring, and yeah. like the process for how they're delivered. And they have a whole they have a whole chapter on Dungeons and Dragons fantasy sanctuary transmitted diseases. Yeah, like Azure balls is <laughs> a disease you can catch, and, oh. it, and then it shows how it affects your constitution and your saving throws. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Ten, want, the, the, the urge to incorporate this into my campaign is rising. <laughs> Especially venereal disease. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we had a topic. <laughs> how do you I, know when your podcast is off track? <laughs> how, do you know, how do you know? Yeah. Ten signs that your podcast is in trouble. This is the last of the, the, the three topics I put up on the forum and asked for people's advice on them. This is actually one that um, didn't get a lot of... Traction. It got a little bit. Mostly, it was it was um, um, Hosier Rob saying, "Wait a minute, I do that. Wait a minute, I do that too. What are you guys talking about?" <laughs> uh, but the the, the oh, Hosier Rob, he's having. I, I think his wife's having a baby soon. I think so. So he was like, "Man, we got to play GURPS or not GURPS, uh, um Rifts before the baby comes because I'm not going to have any time." <laughs> At least he knows. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and Hojarab, I'm I'm sorry, I don't have any time to play a Rifts game. I'm gonna have like one day available before your baby comes, and I'm gonna use that plane exalted. So sorry. Oh well, maybe someone will run it at the con. Yeah. Does anyone ever run Rifts at cons? I don't think I've ever seen Rifts listed at a con. Well, because you have to carry thirty books with you. Yeah, and everyone knows and- better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, the only person who wants to play Rifts is my 11-year-old, because you get to go around through the Megaverse killing everything. Yep. and that's. But it takes forever to do it. I've actually had to come up with rules to make sure we can get through more than one combat. <clears throat> right. Oh, God. So, so the... the the uh, the topic was... And, and thank you. I, I don't have a list of the people, but thank those of you that, that contributed to... And the, they know who they are. Yes. Was And we didn't come up with ten. We came up with eight. So the eight signs that your session is in trouble. And I wanted to kind of talk about... Just because a session is in trouble doesn't mean it's going to be a wasted session. Mm-hmm. No. It just means that you need to realize that everyone's sitting down at the table and attitudes or circumstances are such that this is this could be rough but i've had games that i've started where i don't like i don't feel well or i'm tired or i just woke up from a nap or whatever and i'm just not into it but the players are into it and that kind of starts to invigorate me and it ends up and ends up being a really good session so it's not like it's not signs that your session is doomed no because those it's exist too. Just you need to end up talking about whatever it is that is the issue, and then, or you know. or or power through whatever the problem is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, tell put your phone away, like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not that that's ever happened. Mm. <clears throat> Stop playing WoW. Right. In the middle of the game. <laughs> It's only happened once. So the first, <laughs> the first thing, the, the first one that I came up with was was an underprepared or unprepared GM uh, sessions where the GM has either forgotten or otherwise failed to prep his or her game. See, this is really kind of weird to me 
because I don't think I've ever had this in the groups that I had when I was a kid and even recently because, like, there's usually some sort of, like, story arc the GM has come up with at the beginning. It's not just like, oh, cool, I'll run D&D. I don't know what I'm going to do, but we're just going to run D&D and it's going to be a great time. Usually there's there's some end game plan, there's some story arc, there's some sort of, you know, big climax that is planned, and then there's the build-up towards that, and there's all of the factors happening. So this is kind of like... This is this is a little weird to me just because of, like, the GMs that... I guess I'm really lucky with the GMs that I play with that right. have, you know, crafted story arcs. I but, had a... Well, in college, when I ran my group's fantasy game, which ran for years, um, I had a had, had planned ahead kind of the story arc of the thing, and they'd actually approached the end of the story arc right around the times of midterms. So we finished the session that sort of completes that arc, and then it's going to go on to another arc. But I'm in the middle of midterms. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about gaming. And so Friday night comes up, and I get the phone call. Hey, what, you, you, we're, we're on for seven or whatever time it was. Oh, yeah, fuck. And it's like six. That's when you just cancel it, dude. <laughs> no, we, that, that's like, okay, hey, guys, you, guys are gonna, midterms. you guys are going to travel across the desert. Who has water? How much do you have? <laughs> it was it was terrible. It was a terrible terrible session, and it never happened again. But it did happen, and and I've I've played in games where it has happened as well, where someone says, "Oh, I'll just wing it," and it's like a one shot. Yeah, it, it's it, it kind of reminds me of those those episodes of a TV series, those like filler episodes that don't attach to anything else. At all, they they have their one little enclosed arc, and then it finishes, and then no one ever talks about it ever again because everyone in the series are embarrassed about what happened in that episode. <laughs> well, my my favorite in those was that was the the uh, the flashback episodes <laughs> when they they have all of the like oh do you remember the time that did it? and they all sit around the fire and talk about yeah. yep. bottle I, episode. I've I've had this happen, and it's like you said, it's sort of a one shot. But also back in the day when new when a new game would come out. And so we're all kind of learning it. So we were all kind of would forgive each other for not knowing all the rule sets and everything. But it would make for a long, excruciating game. So we're, like, we're learning RuneQuest. Okay, here we go. Everybody's power through the rules. But <laughs> back in, you know, Ot 6. It, well, <laughs> and I mean 1906. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> however, it could... It they played could, a lot of RuneQuest, you know, in the Great Depression. It can it can still happen if you are if you've only maybe played a game before and never DM'd it right and, and suddenly now you're put in the position of GMing it and you aren't as prepared as your players and you, your players are correcting you it can really throw you off your game and, and I've seen people who have GM'd for the first time who very much will um, underestimate how much prep a game takes mm-hmm. and will come into it thinking they've got. You know, X amount of space, and that gets burned through in the first forty-five minutes. I've seen that happen a lot. Um, persist, persistent number two, persistent and incessant side conversations. Now, at our last hero session, I just want to say because every we we don't play that frequently. No. So everyone shows up, and the first twenty minutes or a half hour is us BSing with each other Catching anyway, up right? Talking, yeah. But Tyler was driving in from Northern California. Yeah. And then had to stop and make a couple stops on the way here. So we're an hour or two into the game by the time he shows up. Now, he hasn't seen us in yeah. a while, and we haven't seen him. So 
boom it's like reset yep and we're back to it's like we again. all just sat down and we're all gonna have a bullshit session for yeah. another half hour or 45 minutes and, and we this were, is Bruce and Casey's here again? Yeah. And yeah. we had already started things moving. And at this point, we were like, can we just keep well, going? Well, we were waiting for him. We'd yeah. actually waited a while because, and then, yeah, yeah the they traffic ran out was things awful. to keep us busy right. at that point. And we're just like, all right, we're moving on. <clears throat> but that, that to me is, uh, it, and it's not always a sign that it isn't an engaging game. And it generally tends to happen early on, I've noticed. Like, it's people catching up the chit chat. Yeah. Yeah. People can get distracted too. If you, if you don't, it just takes one or two people chatting all the time, and everybody starts chatting. Yeah, yeah. It's like well, focus. And also, sometimes you can have people who are relatively gregarious, or people who need the spotlight on them a lot. Yeah. Right. And then if it, they're not in combat, they're talking. Well, even if they're in combat, they're talking because the, their interest is in everybody focusing on them, not on yeah. what's happening. So. Well, there and are people... you just live in the tranquilizer. Yeah. <laughs> it just works it up. There are people yeah. who show up, and, the, and and as far as they're concerned, they're showing up to a party. Yeah. Where they're going to sit around and be us with their friends and, you know, mingle. Which is why whenever I schedule a session, I try and schedule, like, you know, everyone shows up at 2 o'clock, we start at 3. Right. You know, give everyone time to prepare and to get all of that <coughs> out of their system. Oh, yeah. And yeah, then sure. jump into it when everyone's kind of like, okay, cool, let's do this. Uh, well, that's mm-hmm. like when, when the Boggards used to take breaks. And we would like take off most of the summer. The first, the first rehearsal we would have sometime in the fall or whenever it was. It. <laughs> yeah, the first two and a half hours of that is. Bah, 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 bah. I mean, mm-hmm. I you know it's going to happen. Yeah, but but now it, there are no breaks. No, no, we don't have breaks <laughs> anymore. Uh, the the third one, and a lot of people people mention this, and I included drugs, was excessive drinking or drug use. And I, this yeah, is not... You know, I, I got to have my D&D heroin, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to have the meth. Oh, um, man. If you had, like, a bunch of, like, players doing meth, that's a three-day game. <laughs> see, see, that's when you play riffs. Oh, I'm God. just saying. Like, that's designed for that shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, you can get through combat like... Uh, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> combat would be over and I like, am the coalition! <laughs> <laughs> You know what? <laughs> if meth was around when we started playing space opera, we probably could have gotten through character jam. Could probably could have been. <laughs> yep. I, I will say on this note, a quick story about, about drinking at least during the session. Um, the campaign I'm in right now, it's it's a co-DM campaign. The first time I've ever co-DM'd with somebody. And like we meet like twice a week on Skype or meet at a cafe, which is always a lot of fun in Hollywood to be like at a nice cafe with a lot of very pretty looking people and be off in the corner with our books just being fucking nerds. <laughs> and like and the way the waitress comes by and we like cover their handbook. Oh yeah, we love a we love a Coke. Um, but anyway, we're really into this and we're planning this out and we're making this really epic storyline that we're really proud of. And then we have one of our players, Andrew, who's a, a stand up comedian. He's hilarious and he's totally into like fantasy gaming and like fantasy art and he's so excited to be part of the game. And then he shows up with his character, it's like this like dark paladin of the Raven Queen, and I'm like, oh, it's gonna be fucking awesome. And the first role playing experience we have, he's like, so like you know, uh, we're gonna go fucking kill some kobolds and some shit, right? So you're gonna pay us some gold or something? And so already we're like, this is it's kind of fucked up. Like, like he's played like what a Surf Valley guy, or is that just the way he plays? Well, it's the way he talks, but then like he gets even more into that ridiculous speech oh, pattern when no. he's in character. And I'm like, no, Andrew, why are you doing this? No, to be your dark paladin. And then he starts drinking. Oh no! And so our second session, which which was I think I mentioned earlier, the whole like encounter with the white dragon that we had you know leveled down for this thing, right. the corrupt white dragon, and we're like we had this whole dark <coughs> setup and we had mood music playing and we were so happy. All the players are like you know really fucking scared and into this, and he's just like over there polishing off his seventh ale, 
And he's like, don't fucking kick it! I gotta <laughs> kick the dragon in the face! Oh. And, we're, and we're trying to shut him up, and there's, there's like this intense roleplay where the dragon wakes up, and Zach, the other DM, is playing the dragon. He's staring into one of our player Talison's eyes, and they're like locked into this 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 bout of, of wordplay to see him whether or not combat's going to ensue based on how they react to him. And the sure. whole time they're talking in this really intense moment, he just kind of chimes in, I'm gonna pull out my, my dagger, and I'm gonna spit on it! <laughs> and, and, and it's at that point that we realized because of his drinking, not as much of his character choice, but because of his excessive drinking, ruining what we've worked so hard on the whole like two or three weeks previous, that he's no longer part of our game. Well, you, you actually kicked him out? We kicked him out of the game. Yeah. It's the first time I've ever point, had to kick right a player there. out. Right there. We, I told him, like, all right, uh, the dragon smashes your character. <laughs> he reaches forward, places its giant clawed fist on the top of your, your head, squeezes and slams you into the stony, frozen floor of this entire tomb <laughs> with, a, with a sickening wet splat. And he just kind of... Which was kind of awkward because he was hosting <laughs> that time. Now you're at his house. Now get like, out of your house. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Thankfully, he was too drunk to really make an argument. Right. Um, but yeah, like, like it completely ruined the game, and, and we just don't, we haven't called him back since then because of it. So right. So it'll just, it'll ruin all that hard work. <clears throat> then we have the situation yeah. with Bruce. Oh, when he was drinky. When he got Bruce. really, really drinky and, and actually fell down a couple times. Yeah. But he was still playing really, really, really smart. Yeah. And came up with the, like, scenario-shattering solution. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> yeah. We had a... It's crazy. It, it, there's kind of a lot of backstory to it, but they had, they had like, these portal things, and they had these, like, uh, orbs that you put in, and that allows you to step through this, basically, like, a mirror into so, someplace else where there's another mirror, right? Yeah. So... The different orbs you put in changed where you were going. They're kind of like stargates, okay. except the, the each orb takes you to a specific place, like keystones right. to a different location. Yeah, yes. right. And uh, the the party was in like this. They were on this island uh, in the sh- uh, the Shadowfell. Yeah, that's when we took the. Oh no, that wasn't the Tard boat. That to wasn't Death the Tard boat to Death Island. Um, and and they're basically inside this sort of like large cave, and there's a bunch of standing stones around. And there's a mage there, and he's just summoned some sort of undead creature. To, to distract the party, and then he goes to escape through his little orb portal thing. And Bruce, who was falling down drunk, yeah, literally was- falling down drunk, says, and- okay, I'm going to spend an action point, and I'm going to move, and he moved all the way around across the board. Yeah. He moved like 30 squares or something like that. Yeah. And he got through the portal before the mage was able to get through the portal, and as he's going through, picks up the orb so it shuts. So he's on the he's God knows where he doesn't know where he's going, <laughs> but now the mage is trapped. So and and that really was like oh. And then yeah, we managed that's like to, a whole scenario gone. We managed <laughs> to, to, to fuck that mage. <coughs> oh yeah, because he was stuck there. Right. And then there's the sand druid. What's in? Sorry, I I, I real quick. Sorry, I, I had a, a one shot camp. Well, it wasn't supposed to be one shot, but I I left. <laughs> for me it was a one shot a self-imposed one shot basically uh, where where I had a bunch of friends who hadn't played in years like hey we're running a campaign we'd love for you to play I'm like yeah sure I owe you guys anyway it'd be fun and then one of the players in the game this guy named Peter created his own customized 3.0 class called the Sand Druid who all of his spells were based on uh, a, a power meter that built up depending on how many times he was toking and so every time what? yeah as, he, he incorporated uh, a smoking up as part of his character. You say token, you don't mean like a token, like an amulet. No, you toking, mean like, as, as, in like, as in like taking pack, bong hits. Yeah, packing pa- pa- pack a bowl and, and, and building oh, up his, his spell casting. Man. So about two, uh, hour, two hours. I, in- did, I did the same thing in a GURPS game I ran. <laughs> 
Listen, you can pull it off. This, this guy wasn't so much a, char- a way of, of making the character interesting more than making the character work within what he was going to do anyway. Right. So, but yeah, we got like four hours in, and we're in the middle of combat, and like his round comes around, and he's like, I'm just going to go and sit down and look at my hand. <laughs> okay, well, at least you're in character, I guess. Because we're being the, pounded on. Back in the day, that would have taken a lot of pot. To yeah. sit down and stare at your hand for yeah. <laughs> well, nowadays pots yeah. Right. All right. Um, um, yeah, you know when I was um, with with my old group who still plays, and I I play with uh, some of them. There's no drinking allowed. Uh huh. There's just like no. Now, is that because, because there was an incident? No, it's just it's it's never been part of what we did before and I think that they just kind of kept it up there may okay. have been an incident that I wasn't aware of but it was always when we were gaming at the game store there was no drinking because they didn't have a liquor license sure um, and uh, <coughs> that just kind of carried on to be okay. like eh we're not really cool with drinking during the game because we're we take this really seriously right so I mean we never really had that and with the uh, with our games here Things get a little drinky sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, for me, that's okay because my character is usually ridiculous, Right. I think. But uh, <laughs> it's always better, I think, to, to keep that at a minimum because it's just not that fun for well, everybody. Well, at some point, whether you're ingesting pot or you're inhaling pot or ingesting alcohol, at some point you're going to start to become incoherent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be an annoying fuck. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Number four was lack of player engagement, and this is all <laughs> of the stuff you do to dis- distract yourself during the course of a game. This is stacking your dice, getting on your cell phone, playing WoW. I actually caught myself doing this the other game. There was just it was a long time between combats, and I was sort of fiddling with the dice, and I started stacking. And I went, oh, fuck! <laughs> and I actually stopped, I and I'm like, oops, you know, because once you start stacking your dice, people are like, why are you stacking your dice? What's wrong with you? And I'm like, I. Well, you know what? I just finished my combat, and I know it's going to be like another ten people before it comes back around again. I'm just bored. It, it's got a stigma. It does, and I don't think it deserves it. No. You know what? What's really funny about that is uh, I played. Uh, I ran my first uh, fourth edition game with Drew, uh, my eleven year old, with Jen, and during Jen's turn. True started stacking the fucking dice. And he's never seen anybody stack the dice. He's never role played with it's anybody genetic, else. We don't. You're saying, and he's like, just. Yeah, it's genetic. It's in our DNA. Like yeah. we have to just start. You have stacking to start dice. stacking the dice yeah. because what else the fuck are you going to do? They're dice and they're interesting. Right. They're flat parallel yeah. surfaces. Right. They have to be able to stack. Right. And some of them are of a shape that will make it very interesting to do. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see someone start bored. with a D four though. That's <laughs> yeah, that shit. You stop the game at that point. Yeah, yeah. everybody watches. Right? Or stack D fours. That would be impressive. Um, well, you could if you. Put three of them together and then put one upside down. Then oh put yeah, one on top hey, of it. It wouldn't. Then... Sur- I, I have a picture of a cocked foresighter from a Ravenloft game I was running last year. He said cocked. Yeah. Cocked Are you serious? Four, yeah. Four. A, a cocked D four because there was other D fours. It was a, it was an, a three point five uh, magic missile roll. You know, five D four, and it oh. got cocked against the other D fours. <laughs> and you had to take a picture <laughs> of it. I had to take a picture of it. it. it if we can download it, we'll put it on the website. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it on the forums. Mm. So uh, let's see here. five. Extreme, oh fuck! Yeah, extreme that's a goddamn lateness. cock D four. I, I want to see this picture. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Wow. Yeah, we, we, that's we, like, we all stopped. And this makes for great radio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does the picture what? of no, the cock D four. Well, yeah, can you put it on the website? Yeah, yeah, totally. I'll put it on the web page. Yeah, or I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, extreme lateness. I hate that. 
And then, you know the game. We've had it. Well, we've had it. We've had two sessions of it, Tyler. But we, we knew but, but that Tyler, was going to happen. But, and Tyler, yeah, was, yeah. And then, and then we had one where Claire showed up, uh, hour, hour and a half late or something. I just don't like being late to anything, let alone. No. Like, you know this is happening, you and you know up. people are going to wait for you yeah, for a well, while. And, and it's and it's rough because. You know, sometimes people got shit to do or got sure. shit to do next day. And when you're showing up late, that just kind of puts everything back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it's in, just rude. Um, in the Savage Worlds game uh, for Stu yeah, that we played. That's in, right. I had, I had a, a time that I just had to go by. That's right. And uh, I don't think we started until half an hour before that. And I was like, well, all right. I got a half an hour role playing in me. Let's do this thing. <laughs> and... Uh, we managed to get to an encounter, and I, I killed the fucking... You did, like, in one hit. Yeah. And like, all right, bye. And all everybody right. was like... And C.A. Dave was like, I'm so totally making that character. Wow. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. It was the best exit ever. All right, kill the guy for you. Bye. <laughs> wow. But that's... I, I don't even remember why we were... I, it, it was more than one person late. I might even have been one of them. I don't remember. I don't... Um, but I at least call. I'm going to be late. And this, I don't remember who it was that put this up. This is number six. An, an overt expression of player boredom. Quote, I take out my knife and I cut off my head. And then I put the head of Vecna on it. <laughs> on it, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean... I think you need a little more help with that one. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a couple of those looks across the table, though, Stu. You and I, I think um, we were... I'm not going to name the game we were playing, but you and I went... Stuff was happening... Um, and I think that uh, Tappy had the same situation when when I, I never was... wanted to cut my own head off. No, you never did. <laughs> never but quite there, cut there's, that. There's times sometimes, it, when... and there was never an overt expression. Of no, that. it was never overt. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> Usually, when I get really bored, my character comes up with a really ridiculous idea, right? And then I convince somebody to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then I yell at them that. You know, why the hell are you? What are you following me? me for? This is a bad idea. <laughs> Have you seen my IQ? <laughs> um, and then seven was uh, players befuddled or paralyzed, uh, paralyzed by indecision. And this happens I, especially when you get to like a. There's been a couple of times when you get to like a some sort of like sort of puzzleish sort of problem, and it's late in the night, and no one's brain is there anyway. Right. Yeah. And it's like. You know, okay, and you get into this room and cliffhanger, and then bring it back the next session. Right. Is yeah. What... what sometimes happened with me too is the players never ever seem to do what I expect them to. Like I will, I will give them like the scariest thing ever, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna fucking kill it." I'm like, "Really? <laughs> really? No, guys, don't <laughs> fucking do that." You no, know, it's Cthulhu, right? And then, and then I'll give them like like something where it's like, all right, this is gonna be like kind of a cakewalk for them. They're gonna go through it and they're gonna do this, and then suddenly they are paralyzed by fear, and they're like, "All right, well, I'm going to like be go back, and I'm gonna I have like this kind of weak range attack thing, but I'm gonna do that, and I'm because I just don't, really don't want to get messed up. It's like, really, really, guys? <laughs> it's a cobalt. It's one single cobalt. It's a, it's a rat. <laughs> I mean, it's of unusual size, but it's a foot long. I mean, guys, come on. And and so like. It never seems to go like how I plan. Like I can never ever like figure out what the PCs are gonna do in the situation. So sometimes like they're <coughs> they're like befuddled, they're paralyzed, and it's like and, and I kind of feel like I'm gonna hey, just make an intelligence roll. Make an intelligence <laughs> Here's roll. Here's the solution. Go. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's it's no big deal. 
you can do this. It's it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, we've had a scenario where a lot of new players get that situation where they can't really make that decision oh, sure. as soon as you get there. So we have the constant rule, of course, when it's not your turn, be thinking about what you're going to do on your turn. And to aid that, we uh, or me, me and me and my my co GM bought this really awesome, intricate, epic looking one minute uh, hourglass. So oh, when, awesome. it, when it comes to a person's turn, we go, it's your turn. <coughs> Boom. We put the hourglass down. If you don't make a decision by the end of that minute, mm-hmm. then you lose your turn, and it moves on. And it, it, it forces the players That's to... interesting that it became such a problem you had to buy that. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't really a problem. We bought it in advance it for other reasons, but then it became one of those like, hey, well, this this will help out. And, and it gave everyone this kind of sense of urgency for combat as well, and forcing them to look through their player, you know, their ability that, cards and stuff, and it worked like out it. great. That's really cool. Somebody for... Uh, wedding gift and I don't know why got Jen and I this giant fucking hourglass thing it's not an hour it's it's like a sand thing but I think it's like a minute it might be two minutes I don't know but it's it's fucking huge it's like a, it's like oh, a awesome. foot long and it's got these giant bulbs it's like this is a really weird gift if somebody <laughs> what does it mean probably from a role player does it does it mean that like our time is our running time out time is running out <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> I don't even know. But it's it's epic. So I'm gonna time that thing. And it see probably it means you're you take too long, and when you do when you're in go. combat, yeah, no, that's probably, yeah, I take too long in combat. That's right. I <laughs> maybe it was a hint gift. <laughs> Me. Who bought this gift? I don't know. The shady guy in the robe in the back corner. <laughs> oh wait, he's gone. That's weird. <laughs> All right. And I, who put the last one on there? I don't know. It's it's not my last one. I I uh, deleted it because I don't remember constant arguments or repeated comments about something that happened in the previous session. I'm assuming this is like I, this wasn't in the document when I copied it. Oh, in. I might have actually put that in. Okay, because I put down a nine and then I deleted it. What what does eight mean? Because I was trying to understand the context of that. Um, if if the uh, the players are arguing about how to go about. <clears throat> something and they just have completely different ideas of what you need to do mm-hmm. and have their feet fucking dug in the sand right. and refuse to listen to anything to, to even like try and move things forward in any stretch of the imagination when it's like no this is my line I have drawn it and I'm not going to do it because that person maybe is going to do that again and again and again in order to get their way in the session right and that might not be so much fun for the other players sure because all of a sudden they have this a a leader of the party that they don't agree with and that they don't want to do etc and then they're like uh yeah but the person who's drawing the line in the sand might not necessarily be <coughs> being that much of an asshole might be playing completely in character might be trying to be a good role player but the other players aren't really having that much fun with it. Right. And so, you know, this just kind of means that there's there's some trouble here that can turn into some guys going, yeah, um, I got to cut my toenails that right. night. Okay. I, uh, I can't really do it so much. Or, like, if something happened in a previous session where somebody got their way or somebody got pissed off for some reason or another, and they're like... Yeah, like that one time where we had to go into the dragon. Really? We're going to go into the dragon's lair again? Really? Are we going to do that again? Because, you know, that worked so well the last time. 
I'm like, ah, maybe things aren't going so well. Right. When there's a game. Well, Stork and I came to heads at the at Casey's game when we we were chasing this mage, mm-hmm. who's like we're playing hero, right? Mm-hmm. So and the guy's got speed buffs. Oh, and Casey mentioned this and, to me yeah. where like he had like a speed four. And you guys all had like speed two We're or all three. All like three. Right. So like he's but just not only a little that, but faster. his running is really high too. Right. So um, we had him like turn invisible and then like. You, you, you ever see Mayor Munchausen with the with the guy that can run really oh, yeah. fast? Yeah, That's Eric all Heidel. I could picture. Yeah. Was like just the, except yeah, he's invisible. Except he's invisible. So all you see is like the smoke truck. And we're like, great. So we're <laughs> so anyway. But we, we we find out where the guy lives, and had a farcical attempt to capture him. Yeah, apparently Casey told me that this mage this is this is the mage whose job it is He works for the Magency. Yeah, yeah for the Magency. The security agency. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to and and his job is to break into oh, No, no, his job is actually to protect things from being broken into. Yeah. That is that is what nice. he does. Is and we're going to break into his house. They're going to break into the house. <laughs> nice. All right, that he lives in. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, why, so, why did you like jump him at the pub? But we were <laughs> well, we tried, but he managed to escape. They, they organized. But well, see, we were never really very clear on what the agency really did until no, we, like we the were. end of the session. We I didn't realize realized. that he was a agent because I don't think I heard that part of the conversation. But that doesn't matter because my character's blind. <laughs> right, your character's blind. <laughs> I'm, I'm so amused by the agency. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. So, it's so, great. It's so a great name. we're walking down the road with this guy that I, I had kind of contracted to find out who this mage was we were looking for. Mm-hmm. And he basically takes us down the street a little ways, a few doors down from the house and says, that's where the guy lives. I'm leaving, and he turns around and leaves. So we stand there, and you're like, okay, I'm going to go around Stork's character. So I'm going to go around the back of the house. I'm going to wait in the back for him. And then we've got a new character. You guys have never played Shadowrun, have you? No. And then we've got, <laughs> we got a new uh, a new player in the game, and he, since he was a new character in the party, this guy would never have seen him before, so he was going to go up to the front door and say he was looking for something or whatever, like some kind of ruse, right? The whole time I'm going... So we're guys. Where, where do you am want, I? Where, where do you want I? me? You know, I can't help because I'm in the back, and I'm like, <laughs> where do you want me to stand? And, 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 and it's like you. it's my, blind me and my dog. Right. <laughs> where do you guys want me? And no Nobody one ever said anything. You. So when the combat finally happens, and they roll the map out and they draw the thing out, they're like, okay, Stu, where are you? Okay, well, where were we when we first came in? The guy pointed to the house, right in the middle of the street here. Okay, well, that's where I am, because I asked three times, and I don't know where I am. <laughs> so, and everyone left and went to go do their things. So I'm standing in the street with my dog. I'll whistle. <laughs> I can't help. You know, I'm in, and the, it was a I'm bad in the deal. back of the house. Yeah. I'm like, oh, and that was a bad encounter. You know, it you was. guys, you guys got to do your, you got to do your research before you do a run. Oh, I know we <laughs> yeah. didn't. So then we, then we get into a chase with the guy because my dog, can, you know, can smell. He's got nose, and <laughs> we're my going dog's on. got no nose. He's, he's yeah. It's a, it's a good complication, and uh, he got cut or something. So he, the dog catches his, his blood scent, and he's invisible and running. God knows yeah. how fast. <laughs> Out of town, yeah. right? And so we follow the trail, and we end up coming to this cabin. That's when Stork and I got into an argument about it, because I'm like, okay, let's go around it. And Stork's like, no, we're going to bust through the front door. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we all gather up. No, yeah. no, why would you do that? Why would you do that? No, no, that's a bad idea. Did you want to take tactical advice from Stork, really? Don't go into that closet. <laughs> Don't open that door. <laughs> he kicks in the door. Boom! Oh, of course. 
Jesus everybody Christ. gets everyone gets every, knocked back, way. knocked down, and the uh, wall explodes. And uh, yeah, it was yeah. awesome. They, they, they actually, like, they actually had the tactics? whole wall explode. They didn't you know even what, just though? have us. That's sound tactics in modern day. If you have a like, you're going to do a, a, yeah. a forced like a entry team. into some no, place because you're all lined up on the wall away from in front of the door, yes. and the one guy who has the, the well, yeah, that's the true. Device that no, but the whole wall and everybody's like on the side. Yeah, see, in the past, and then you go boom through, and then you have people. Check it, it wouldn't have helped because no. the whole wall exploded. Yeah. See, the in, wall in the past, down. whenever we did it, only the one guy got hit. Only the front guy got hit. So I set myself to be hit. This is to hero. drop. <laughs> and and but this time they changed it. It was the entire area. I'm like, it was a big explosion. Really, really. So now when we're all set up, so the range guys, when I drop down dead because I'm expecting I'm going to take the full blast, the range guys. Right. No, it's the whole... I'm like, oh, great. And the fact is we all got knocked down, and this right. guy's got a speed buff, and he's going to be <laughs> out of there before again. we even get active. Yeah. So so every other time we knocked a door down, it was only me that got hit. The one time that true. we got set up for it, everybody got hit. Now, oh. and we ended this. We started this last session in jail, because we got arrested because we were in the bar fight trying to catch the same mage, right? Uh-huh. And the guard showed up, even though you put your sword away. I'm not, I'm not me. I'm just blind. Uh, you get arrested anyway. So we were all in start the session in jail. <clears throat> we get out of jail. We go, we're going through the course of this investigation. And then at the very end of the session, we're over by this, the, you know, Smitty's Meat Pies, which is the famous place you go for delicious meat pies. Right. And we, and there's a big crowd of people in there. We're like, well, what's going on? And there's like a bunch of like big dock workers blocking the door. No, you can't come in. I mean, you can't come in. And then my character's got very acute hearing because he's blind. I heard, so inside I hear someone who in hindsight was Smitty going, help me. And they were shaking him down. So we start going in and cutting our way into, into Smitty's meat pies. And this is right at the end of the session. And here comes the guard. So we start the next session in jail again. (laughs) Can't get in a fight in the city. That guard shows up in like like 16 seconds. Well, that's that time he showed up because we had called them for another unrelated incident and they were already in the area. So we, we, the two sessions in a row, we're starting in jail. And I think we should start every session in jail because the the, the players change from session to session. Yeah, yeah. So you can say, oh, it, it's it, it makes it very episodic. And you can yeah. say, oh, well, these are the people who showed up, so you guys get out of jail now, and you can go do stuff. You know that that's actually really cool for yeah. like the episodal style of game. Is like, and at the very end of each game. All right, well, you guys did a bunch of fucked up shit, so you're going to jail again. Right. It's like Prisoner, the RPG. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a number. I'm a free man. <laughs> Back in jail. But the um, I've got to talk to you about a, a combat combination. Okay. Doing, I've been reading it up. And, and, and well, you Fastball special? No. The ironic, kind of. Yeah. The reverse of that, because he does a huge amount of knockback. And the ironic thing is, Kimmy actually has the constitution. She She should be the one in front. And so here I am going through the back door, smashing through walls and things. Right. I mean, yeah, she should be the one. Wait, anyway. you're not the brick? Uh, I'm, you're a brick, too. I'm a brick, but my, her, she's a dwarf, so her constitution is like 25. She, she, she can soak way more damage. Yes. I'm, I've got, I'm all about strength. But he did an enormous amount of knockback. Yeah. So what I want to do is come up with a maneuver combination where I can slip behind his target with my sword out, mm-hmm. and he can do like a Koros kebab. And you can like punch oh. him and... <laughs> So it's like a dual attack. Right. That's really cool. I already talked to Casey about it. So. Okay. Anyway. It'll work so anything out. else? Anyone? Got any? uh, actually, the, I had one for number nine, which is um, exhaustion. When when people are getting really, really tired, 
it's time to end it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had that the other day. I mean, I was I'd worked all day and I showed up and I probably should have bowed out of the session. And I was just this last game, not this last one, the oh, one okay. before. I was literally falling asleep at the table. You talking about the traveler one? E- no, the one before that. Did anyone super glue your hands together? No, not then. Had <laughs> 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 there been super glue, it would have been. But there, there was a time when it's like if you if you're tired, you know, don't, you're not doing anybody any favors by showing up to the game. And if you notice everybody's tired, you're not doing anybody any favors by dragging the game on. It's like yeah. let's we need to pause or take a break or stop. Let's all take nappy time. Because, you know, especially when our game start at like 6, 7, 8, 9, maybe. If you, well, they're, if you supposed start a game to, late, they're supposed to start at 5. Yeah. <laughs> if you start a game late and it's midnight, it's uh, 1, it's 2. Right. I'm, you know, I hit a I hit a wall at about 10 o'clock. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm start, old. Yeah, well, yeah, and start your games on time is probably, yeah, that that's helps. why it's like, you know, 3 o'clock start time, everybody show up at 2. Right. You're going to yeah. hang out, we'll order pizza or Chinese food or whatever, and we'll have that time to gab and then... We'll start. There is one more caveat, and that's uh, I mean, I'll make this number ten, which is if you know that there's people that actually have personal issues together, don't invite them to the same game. Yes. Don't bring your personal baggage to the games. Oh yeah, and it and it happened when I was younger. We had people that got into fights. It wasn't over girls, but it was just over stuff. It's over dice. Yeah, and they and their personal baggage spilled out into the gaming sessions, and it made it no fun for anybody. Right. So. Uh, be aware of your friends' personal dynamics and don't invite them to the same games, I guess. Right. It seems like a simple thing, but people sometimes overlook that. Or, do, or, aren't or aren't forget, aware. or are not yeah. aware. And, and, or, as they, and if players start sleeping together on the side and you find out, make sure their characters get romantically interested in other people. They are, okay. Because it doesn't make it <laughs> any more weird. And that's yeah. fine. <laughs> it's totally cool. All right, thank you for joining us for Season 4, Episode 8 of Happy Checks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Stork. This is Tappy. Matthew Mercer. And we'll leave you with a song. Who can drink more? Who can drink more? Drink more than he can drink ten times more than he. Who can drink more than he? Drink more than he. Make a new world. 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 A new world. The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.